Welcome to Joyful Eating. I'm your host, Jules Clancy, a former food scientist and winemaker turned cookbook author and health coach. I've discovered a simple way to have a joyful relationship with food without sacrificing pleasure or my waistline, and I can help you get there too. Listen on to find out how. Hello, hello, and welcome to Joyful Eating episode number 85. So today we're talking about the myth of toxic diet culture. So before we get to that, so the best bite I had on the weekend, I made some passion fruit ice cream, which my mom loved passion fruit. She used to make this amazing passion fruit slice that had like sweetened condensed milk in it. Um, and so I just like love that flavor of like the acidity, but then also like the floral aroma. So yeah, just I made a just my regular ice cream base. It's got you know, eggs and cream and then sugar and passion fruit. And it was just, just it took me back to my childhood. And I love that like about food is that it's not just about the experience in the moment. Like it just felt really connected to my mom as well. Like it was a really beautiful experience. So I'm glad there's more passion fruit ice cream in the fridge. So I'll be having some more of that next weekend. Plan for today is I'll just share the story behind this episode. And then we'll talk about like, what is diet culture? why it's a myth, and then what to do instead. And also I've got a bonus tip to share. The story behind this basically is like, I'm a positive person. And so of course, Joyful Eating, my podcast, I'm drawn to talking, like having that positive focus and talking about what you can do and you know things that are possible and like that, playing in that realm. However, like in working with so many people, changing their relationship with food, and you know, most of the people I work with are kind of in their you know, 50s, 60s. You know, a lot of them have been exposed to diet culture for a really long time, like some since they were like 10 years old, even younger. And so I've just seen like just how toxic diet culture is and how that thinking is you know, how much damage it's done. I guess I wanted to do an episode on this because yes, let's highlight the damaging aspects of diet culture, like why it's a problem and also like what we can do about it instead. So just because you you may have been exposed to that type of thinking for a long, long time and had that's been your reality, doesn't mean that you need to stay trapped in that, in that vicious cycle of dieting and then not dieting and, you know, losing and gaining and that whole yo-yo thing. So so that's why I thought I'd, I'd talk about this today. So what is diet culture? So basically, you know, it's this idea that our bodies are like that we're wrong, our bodies are wrong and we can't be trusted. And that if we just eat less and exercise more, then we'll lose weight. And also, you know, we'll be happy forevermore and all our problems will be solved and it'll be rainbows and daisies and butterflies. The worst part about diet culture is that it, when it fails, we get told it's because we're weak-willed. We didn't stick to the plan. We didn't. We are wrong. Like we are the we are the problem. It's like the diet isn't a pr- problem. It's you are the problem. And this message is it's so wrong. It's like actually, it's not you at all. Like it's the whole. And we'll go into the why it's a myth in a second. But like diets themselves are the problem. And the other really sneaky thing about diet culture is that it often gets masqueraded as this health focus of. And if you just find this perfect list of good foods and bad foods and you like eat all the only the good foods and avoid any foods on the bad foods list, then that's you're going to be healthy and live forever kind of thing. And it's so damaging and it's so so wrong. So let's talk about like why is it a myth? And I guess like let's start with a thought experiment. So if diets actually worked, like wouldn't we all be thin by now? Like wouldn't obesity not be getting worse? <laughs> Because like if diets work, like it really was a matter of like just restricting and eating less and then exercising more, 
Like, if that was really the case, like, surely we would have found that perfect diet. Obviously, you know, when we're doing our thought experiment that, yes, you can see that diets don't work because we are in this obesity epidemic and it is getting worse. And the reason why diets don't work is so many reasons. First of all, like, you know, it's just no fun, but also the underlying psychology of it. So there's actually like a psychological component to hunger. And this is something that I only learned about. I didn't learn about it when I was studying nutrition for sure, but it's something that I only learned about in the last five years, less than that maybe. And Basically, what happens is that when we're restricting and we're telling ourselves we're eating less or we're cutting out carbs or sugar or fat or whatever it is, that actually fuels, like there's something in our brains, it's like that it actually, that that restriction piece, it actually builds our desire either for those certain types of foods or just for food in general. And there's like, so there's this psychological component to hunger. And you know yourself, like if you've ever quit something like no sugar for 30 days or you know if you've ever done like you know a fed fast thing where you're like not having wine for whatever you'll notice that when you do start having that thing again like you there's so much desire for it like and it completely drives like overeating and binging because you've had this restriction it's built up that psychological hunger and then you, of course you're eating everything. And it, like, this plays out in diets where you're like counting things, you're restricting things, you're not listening to your body, you're not giving your body what it needs. And so in dieting, you're actually, when you're restricting like the total amount of food, you're actually giving yourself physical hunger, like you're building up that physical desire for food, but you've also building up the psychological desire for food. So of course, like that isn't sustainable. And of course, there's going to come a point where you can't stick to that whatever restriction and then you overeat and then you blame yourself and you think that you're the problem because the diet was working when you were sticking to it. The only thing is that it's impossible to stick to this because you're a human with a human brain and all that time that you're restricting, you're building up this psychological hunger, which is just bound. Like for some people, like, like you know, they can stick to things for quite a long time before the psychological hunger builds up, but it's always comes out in the end. So that's why it's a myth. It's because this restriction piece, it actually backfires. Like just think about that in any parts of life. Like whenever we get denied something, we want it more and more. It's just part of being human. You see a kid, um, you know, with a toy, if, if if someone else is having got that toy and they can't have it, they want that toy so much. Like it's the same thing with us and food. That's why it's a myth. And and even people with lots of willpower can't stick to diets. Like it just doesn't work. And I, if you've ever read, um, I highly recommend reading a great book called Foodist by my friend Daria Rose. And she was like chronic dieter, like you know, from when she was quite young. But she was like, you know, I am someone with ironclad willpower. Like she's super disciplined, super on top of it. But each diet, she would start it, she would stick to it for however long. And then eventually like she'd get bored and like her willpower wasn't, wouldn't be able to last. So it's like even people with super strong willpower, like dieting doesn't work because we're all human and it's this restriction causes more damage than not. So key message here is that you aren't the problem. Diet culture and diet mentality and diet mindset fuels that psychological hunger. It fuels your physical hunger as well. And it just leads to overeating, which of course then is when you get like all the weight gain. So what do we do about it instead? So obviously, first step, no more diets. And then the second thing is really learn to trust yourself instead. Learn to listen to your body. 
this is really what it's at, where, where it's at. It's like, rather than seeing your body as the enemy, as something to be punished and something to be like denied, we want to get to a place where you're actually able to listen to your body and let it guide you on the types of foods. Like let it guide you on how much to eat because your body knows like, we all have this innate ability. For most of us, like when we're kids, like we don't even think about it. Like we just eat and then we stop. And when we've had enough and like some of us, we are forced to finish our plate, which of course is a whole other set of problems, but we have that innate ability. Like we don't design to overeat. Like we are designed to, to eat in balance. It is. And I just wanted you to, so just so the seeds of possibility that like, if this sounds like you, wherever you're at now, like no way, Jules, I could ever do that. Like, cause I used to be the same, like no way I couldn't come on that skill. Like it is like we all have that skill and it is possible to relearn the skill of listening to your body and finding that balance, like being able to eat, feel satisfied, stop, and then not go into overeating territory. This is one of the things that I love. It's one of my favorite things in the world is to help people relearn that skill, rediscover that skill and build that trust with themselves. And then the other piece to what to do instead is to focus on giving yourself permission and focus on pleasure. So actually allowing yourself to enjoy the food that you are eating. The reason for this is, first of all, because it's delicious and because it's there and because this is one of the nicest parts of life is that, you know, there's a lot of pain and suffering in life. And the fact that we have the ability to experience pleasure through food is amazing. So let's just do that anyway, because it exists. But also the thing that I've discovered in myself and that I see in my clients is that when we focus on permission and really enjoying food, then we're able to find that satisfaction point without completely overeating. So yeah, it's actually a really beautiful thing that the more we are focused on pleasure and enjoying the food, the less we actually want. We end up like not overeating, which means that like, of course that that has an impact on our weight. Um, But it just, it comes from this place of permission and abundance and I can have as much as I want. But then when you actually tune into what you, it is that you want it's not, it's not crazy amounts. It's, it's like a reasonable amount. And so, yeah, it really is this beautiful, becomes this beautiful thing. And like, if you want to like, just test this out, like a good experiment to do with yourselves. And it's something like an exercise I do in the Naturally Healthy Club is like, just get two pieces of food, whether so something that you love, whether that's two pieces of chocolate or two pieces of cheese or, um, you know, two scoops of ice cream, whatever it is. And then just one, eat as fast as you can, like, and with distractions, like get your phone out, start scrolling on whatever your favorite social media is and eat while you're, or, you know, eat at your desk, like doing, or you're doing something else or watching TV, whatever. So eat one distracted and as fast as possible. And then the other, you know, serving of food, put away your distractions, slow down, focus on it, really like in savor every, every bite and see, like, just compare those experiences. And I'll guarantee you, like, when you do that, at the end of it, you'll feel really satisfied with the one that you ate slowly and the one that you ate distracted. You're probably looking around for, like, where's, where's the next bit? Like, it, it really does make a huge difference. And then the final piece of, like, what to do instead of dieting is really focus on building habits that are going to support your healthy lifestyle. So, this is things like listening to your body, stopping eating when you feel satisfied, focusing on permission and pleasure, like actually getting into the habit of planning ahead, like planning treats, 
and um, so that you can be intentional about them, so you can enjoy the anticipation and then also enjoy the having of them. Having habits like cooking for yourself, although that's not essential, but that can be that can be helpful. Um, movement, all those sorts of habits as well are important. But it's really like having those habits in place, then that becomes second nature and then everything's on autopilot and just it flows so much better. So so that's what we like we, what we do instead. It's really like learning to trust yourself, like accepting yourself where you are and not being like in a hurry to change can be also a really helpful thing. That's diet culture in a nutshell and what why it doesn't work and what you can do instead. And then in terms of like a bonus tip, I thought I'd share the, um, we have like it for the Naturally Healthy Club of philosophy. So a list of beliefs that we have around being a naturally healthy person. And basically this is the opposite of diet culture. So I thought I would share the, the philosophy here with you. And so it can just highlight so you can see how different it is to diet culture. The first one is we eat intentionally to maximize the pleasure of food. Um, which obviously if you've ever had any diet experience, like it's all about like no fat, no, like no sugar, like nothing that's going to actually taste good. Like hello, rice cakes. So it's very different. Um, The next one is we are kind and self-compassionate and not self-indulgent. And I'm a huge believer. I actually did a podcast episode recently. Actually, it was number 83 on self-compassion and how that's really helpful. And this is the opposite of diet culture where we beat up, where, where you're encouraged to like beat yourself up and be hard on yourself and be mean to yourself. Like in Naturally Healthy Club, it's very much like that we have this positive, kind relationship with ourselves. But then we also don't go into self-indulgence where we're like just, oh, you know, I'm just going to give in to my every whim, like my every urge. Like we don't. We find this balance of being kind and also, you know, having boundaries so that we're not just indulging, indulging, indulging. Um, The next thing is that we love and accept ourselves at every weight, obviously not a part of diet culture, but a big piece of the work we do. Because the thing is that like we are amazing people regardless of our weight. Like, and I really believe in building up our self-worth and our self-love because if we don't have that now, whatever weight we're at, even when we do change our weight, if we don't have that self-love and self-acceptance, that self-love and acceptance isn't going to change when we are at a different weight. So that piece is really key and it's just such a much nicer way to live. We decide ahead and make intentional choices. That one's all around allowing ourselves to have treats and enjoying the anticipation of the treats. But it's this key about being intentional with them. So you know, it's not like just randomly, okay, well, I'm just here and there's a cookie here. I'm just going to eat it. It's like, okay, I'd really like to have a cookie. I'm going to decide ahead. I'm going to think about where I'm going to get the cookie from. I'm going to really enjoy it and you know, maximize the pleasure of it. And so that we're, we're able to feel satisfied with whatever it is that we have. The next one is we listen to our bodies and stop when we're satisfied. So this is like learning to listen to our bodies in terms of how much food we need rather than counting calories or restricting or trying to cut back all the time. Like we're actually on purpose, we're eating until we are satisfied. And that is a key piece of turning off this psychological hunger. So because when our bodies feel nourished, when they feel when, like they're getting enough, it turns us off our physical hunger and it also turns off that, that psychological hunger. Um, we manage our self-talk in the moment. So this is a key one for understanding our mindset and how that plays into our decisions and our actions and our feelings. Um, so we like using that psychology piece again, which diet culture, like we doesn't occasionally they might talk about mindset but usually it's all focused on rules and lists of foods to avoid so it doesn't give you those tools to be able to 
like in the moment, like notice the thoughts that you're having and be able to coach yourself so that you're making decisions and making choices that are consistent with where you want to get to. The next one is we allow urges without resisting or giving in. Like, of course, there's always going to be when you know, we have see things, we're going to have urges to eat them. And sometimes diet culture is all around resisting and being strong and using willpower. And we don't do that at all. Like, so we don't resist. Instead of going down that, that willpower path, we actually learn to allow the urges to be there. And we find this middle ground where we're not resisting them, but we're also not giving in to them. We're kind of like, yeah, just noticing them. Of like, of course, I'm having the urge to eat that cookie now, like, because it's there. Um, but do I really want it? Like, and that's another big difference um, is that we're not relying on willpower. Uh, the next one is we are evolving our self-concept. So with our intentional belief plan. So that's an exercise I get everyone to do. Um, and our self-concept is like, you know, this idea of like how we see ourselves. And so we actually, it's like another part of the mindset piece. So we do some work around that to actually change how we see ourselves. So rather than seeing ourselves as a lifelong member of Weight Watchers, who's always going to struggle with our weight. We actually do some work to change how we see ourselves so that we actually start to see ourselves as a naturally healthy person who doesn't struggle with their weight, who, who is happy with their weight and is, feels in control of their weight. That actually is another one of the hugest things is that we actually look at that that psychology piece and go really deep on it as well, rather than just trying to like, you know, willpower our way through it. Next one is we prioritize protein and trust our internal nutrition compass. So the only nutrition advice I, I give people is to make sure you're getting enough protein. It's up to you to figure out what that looks like. And also like to learn to trust your nutrition compass. So so our bodies are very, like, they give us signals. So if you're, like, sensitive to dairy, like, you, if you listen to your body, it will tell you that, no, actually, dairy is not good for me. And so, the, and the cool thing is that when you, the more you tune into your internal nutrition compass, like, the more you are able to listen and notice how food makes you feel, like, in the moment and then afterwards, the more you'll naturally be drawn to eat more of the things that make you feel good and less of the things that don't. And when you do make those choices to eat the things that don't make you feel so great afterwards, like you'll be making like an informed choice and an intentional choice. And it's not like we're blindly following someone's rules that say that sunflower seeds contain lectins or like, you know, we should be eating paleo, like nothing that our grandparents wouldn't recognize as food. Like it's like no external rules. It all comes from within. And the cool thing with that is it's not building up the psychological desire for the foods that you like can't have. You're just naturally drawn to like eating more of the things that make you feel good and less of the things that don't. So it becomes this easy thing to navigate and there's no restriction and no need for willpower because you're just naturally drawn to do the things that feel good. We are intentional about our habits. So that's pretty self-explanatory. Um, we weigh ourselves every day without shame. So this is quite different. So most diet things, it's like, oh, you only weigh yourself once once a week or you, you know, don't weigh yourself. I actually teach the opposite. For some people, we, we don't get them to weigh themselves, but it's up to the individual to choose. And I did a podcast episode back in the early days on um, why I weigh myself every day and why I reckon most of my clients do as well. And basically it's because the, the short the short version of, of that is by weighing ourselves every day, it just helps it to just become a data point. Like it's just information and it helps us to separate out our self-worth from the number on the scales. So we're not feeling shame or pride around the weight. It just becomes this like we're able to treat it more as a science thing. 
that's why we weigh ourselves every day, um, but not every everyone does that, and that's totally cool as well. Um, we focus on one meal at a time rather than like in diet culture, oh, I have to wait till I'm going to wait. I've blown it. I'm going to like start again on Monday or I've blown it. I'll start again next month or I've blown it. I'll start again tomorrow. Just reminding ourselves that we focus on one meal in it at a time and we can choose again in any moment. We don't have to wait till Monday if we've like, you know, gone overboard. Like we can actually choose again now in the, this moment to, to stop or whatever. So that's a big one. Next one is we feel our emotions without buffering and we soothe ourselves every day. So this is one around the emotional eating piece, which is often gets completely ignored in diet culture and it's not really talked about. So rather than just ignoring it, what we do is we actually do a lot of work on learning to feel our emotions and actually learn how to be okay with feeling bad, um, which is actually some of the most beautiful work that we do in the Naturally Healthy Club. And we also, like, we're proactive in finding other ways to soothe ourselves rather than just turning to food all the time. And there are so many things that we can do to, when we are feeling not so great, to be able to soothe ourselves and, and make the situation better. Um, so that's a really, really nice piece of work that we do. Um, we enjoy proper meals and intentional snacks. So this is as opposed to grazing and eating lots of little little meals, which some diets recommend, like actually get people to decide on what your like meal schedule is like. Like, are you having breakfast, lunch, dinner, a, a snack, like whatever that is for you. Like we, we actually be intentional about finding that and that helps with... Um, finding that circadian rhythm balance. So it's really big. Are we willing to fail as many times as it takes? So this one is just to normalize that whenever we're learning new skills or we're trying new things, like, of course, there's going to be times. Part of learning new skills is that we're going to get it wrong and we're going to fail. And so this one is super important for like, rather than like, I'm sticking to this diet. And then if I mess up once I'm, I'm out, <laughs> like it's not, it hasn't worked. This is like that building that resilience and that persistence of like, yes, we're willing to fail as many times and also just normalizing failing. And actually my marketing coach is, she did a great Instagram post recently where she was like, instead of calling it failure, why don't we just call it plot twists? Like, and which I love, like this idea that it's actually, you know, things happen that we don't expect. And so it's just a twist in the plot. Like it doesn't mean that we've failed. And the other piece to this, the failure thing is like, first of all, of course, we're going to fail. It's just a plot twist. It's not a reason to give up. And also that the only time that we really fail is when we stop trying. So that helps build our persistence and our resilience. Yes. And our final one is that we stay naturally healthy with ease and joy because there's nothing like it's it's a sustainable thing. Like we're going to, it's not like we do this really restrictive stuff to get to our ideal weight and then we move into maintenance mode. It's like, no, we're like, one of the biggest things I teach is like, if you're not prepared to do something for the rest of your life, then there's no point in doing it now just to lose weight because it's not going to be sustainable and the weight will just come back on. So every all these habits that we build like and learning to listen to our bodies, focusing on pleasure, like there's nothing there that I'm not happy to, to keep doing for the rest of my life because it feels really good to listen to my body. It feels really good to give myself permission to enjoy treats and to focus on the pleasure of my food. Like all these things that we're doing, trusting myself, like all the, that work it's really sustainable because it all feels good, which means it's internally motivated. So it's just this beautiful way to be in the world.
So yes, this has been a long one. So basically, like if you like to experiment and become like this naturally healthy person who who is actually rebelling against this whole diet culture thing and doing this radical thing of like leaning into pleasure, leaning into trusting yourself and becoming someone who has this healthy relationship with food um, so that you actually can lose weight without the struggle and like find that nice balance, then I'd love you to join the Naturally Healthy Club. So it's my six-month coaching group, which gives you a personalized, simple, doable process to change your relationship with food so you actually enjoy eating well and you feel good in your clothes and there's no restriction and there's no wagons to fall off and there's like yeah, where it just feels good to be listening to yourself and you find that balance. Check out the link in the show notes. It's really a fun, supportive group and I would love to welcome you in. Okay, have a beautiful week and I will catch you next week. Bye. Before you go, this is the best part. So if you enjoyed Joyful Eating, subscribe to the podcast and I'd love to send you a copy of my free cookbook called Six Ingredients, 20 Minutes, Simple Whole Foods for Joyful Weeknight Dinners. It's full of easy recipes, so delicious they'll satisfy even the biggest food snob. Just Google Stone Soup and you'll find it.